Welcome everyone to Squared Circle Rewind Podcast. I'm your host Jesse and I will be joined shortly by Dave and Ben. Today for episode 160 we are reviewing WCW Spring Stampede 1998 with the main event of Randy Savage versus Sting for the WCW title and no disqualification match. As always we'll have Body Slam, Beneficial Facts and a review of the card. Enjoy! How's it going, guys? Not bad. Yourself? Not bad. How's it going, Ben? It's going good. I've got my glass of water, and I am ready to start yelling. <laughs> well, before we get to the yelling, we got to give Dave his chance for his, for his segment every week of Body Slam. Is there anything you want to get off your chest this week, Dave? Anything I want to get off my chest? I, I really enjoyed our top five last week, even though it was mentally numbing. Um, I think... I am- I'm really glad we didn't have one this week, to be right? quite honest. Yeah. I'm yeah, thinking was... that we we needed a break after that. <laughs> yeah. That but was that the toughest was... one we'd done to this point. And I was so mentally exhausted after just racking my brain around it that I actually slept beautifully that night. I didn't uh, sleep I... well. You know why? Because I kept thinking of other matches that I could have oh, done. Geez. No, it's, <laughs> it's over, Dave. It's over. You let it go. Yeah. I will say that um, we figured out the buy rate, or we figured out our system to figure out what the buy rates generate into dollars. Okay. We did. So so between the three of us, we did a bunch of research one of, one of these nights. I think it was Thursday night. And uh, basically, it came down to that uh, the providers take 10%, or the promoter takes 10% of the cut. And then the 90% is split between the company and the provider or something like that. So we basically are going to be taking uh, the buy rates times how much a pay-per-view was at that time. Because those are facts we can find. And then times that by 45%. And that gives us an approximate of how much gross WWE or WCW took in for that pay-per-view. Yes, so if and- you- if you turned off because I was talking numbers, I am sorry. Please come back. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 you know, it's it wasn't easy to find. We actually had to resort to UFC and boxing numbers. Yes, yes. So these are these are what we are figuring it could be because well, boxing we could is not a great find... platform for doing that. It is, it is. But but wrestling could be different. Like it's not it's not a hard fast thing. So that's why I'm saying could. I don't want anybody coming back and being like, you said they made $2 million when they made 2.8. I don't want none of that. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. yeah. Approximate. It's all approximate. But we got, we got it figured out. We got I mean, it figured out. I guess you can say with the, you know, the breaking news for this week is in regards to WrestleMania 37 being relocated back to Tampa Bay. With the intent. Of- I, I, had, I had sworn that they had already announced that. When it came out, I was like, I knew about this like two months ago. Where was it supposed to have been held? Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they I thought I thought for sure they were like Tampa was just like, well, we can't go to LA because like nobody can do anything, so we'll just hold it in Tampa again. Yeah, and uh they said that they'll be having a release with announcement in regards to like ticket information and protocol safety and expectations for security and mm-hmm. I think they're going to do the same lines of like seats in between people sitting is basically the most common sense way to do it. Like, like how oh, AW has been doing it for months. Well, and it's going to, it's going to because, because of the size of the stadium, it's going to look like a, a football game. Yeah, basically. You know, like, like you're going to see, there's going to, you're going to have seats around you. You know, you can only sit in groups of four or six and you'll have to be a part of the same cohort, all that kind of stuff. What, what made me excited was that, that WrestleMania this year is going to be two nights again. Yep. Which is awesome. But then they announced that, like, because uh, this one upcoming is 37, correct? Yes. Correct. 38 and 39 are going to be on one day again. I'm like, why? Oh, no. No. Why? We have a good thing. Don't go back. Don't go back. Don't do it. Like, if they want to have an equal or, like, a good payday for everyone that's performing, if you have two nights, you can do that because you can have one Raw theme and one SmackDown theme. Well, I, I wouldn't even do – I wouldn't even – I would still mix it up, but you could have – uh, like it themed as then like the SmackDown is on the Saturday, like the heavyweight title is like the SmackDown world titles then. And then the universals on whatever on Sunday. Right. But you that can still too. mix it up. You, like you can still have raw guys on Saturday and raw guys on Sunday. You just do whatever fits for t- 
timing purposes, but well, and and not only that, if they did a combination, can you imagine being a a commentator for five hours or four hours with no break? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why they had the bottles of Mountain Dew in the on the broadcast table. By the way, there you go, there you go. <laughs> All right, is that it? Is that, yeah, but is that that it? nothing else. You got nothing else? Okay, well, it's time for some beneficial facts. Well, my first one is that James Earl Jones is 90 years old today. Oh, wow. Goddamn, yeah. he's a goddamn legend, that man. Yes, he is. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, sir, I'm on match one in Perry Saturn. <laughs> that is a fact here. There We're not are. there yet. Come on, We're Ben. Not there yet. Well, we... Okay, so. WCW Spring Stampede 1998. I don't know if anybody mentioned that that's the pay-per-view that we're covering this week, but that took place on April 19th, 1998 from the Denver Coliseum in Denver, Colorado in front of 7,428 fans. The tagline is the biggest, the baddest, noble. <laughs> Listen, that's not that bad for these guys. Well, here's the thing. If it says no bull, why do you have a picture of a bull on the poster? And why do you have a bull in the stadium when there's no bull? Well, maybe it's not a bull. Maybe Continuity. Let's have some continuity. I think you're just asking for too much. I think I'm being – sorry, my cat's being – is going on a rampage right now. So, so yeah, the poster has a giant bull on it. I don't know what they're trying to do here. I really don't. (laughs) The commentary is done by Bobby the Brain Heenan, Tony Schiavone, and Iron Mike today. Spring Stampede did a .72 pay-per-view buy rate at 250,000 pay-per-view buys worldwide. Worldwide. With a live gate of $235,251. Do you want to take this opportunity to actually write down those numbers and decipher how much money they made off of this well i could do it so you got two hundred fifty thousand buys how much yep. is the pay-per-view 30, uh, 30 it was about 30 dollars. so let's okay. say 29.95 okay oh 29.95 okay we'll do exact here sorry bear with us 29.95 yep. percent uh so that would be about 3.37 million so Hogan took home what three point one million of that? <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Well, I'm savage. <laughs> no, he's got the Slim Jim deal, <laughs> and that's that's obviously gross. That like that's not net. That is gross. You know, yes. they they would have to pay other things with that. But yeah, about three point three million. <laughs> other things after Hogan. Plus, plus uh, <laughs> what, did you, what did you say was the gate? Was about two hundred thirty. Uh, two hundred thirty-five thousand. Yeah. So we're at three point five. I didn't find anything merch. Okay. 3.5 mil for for a pay-per-view. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. not too too shabby. The wheels are about to come off the the carriage, though, pretty soon. I mean, we're in 1998. This is where the uh, Time Warner AOL mergers uh, in its embryonic stages. So, yeah, we'll get to that down the road. Uh, this is the first first time the WCW has held a pay-per-view in Denver, Colorado. Hmm. Um, Sting would only hold the WCW title for two months in his reign after dethroning Hollywood Hogan at Super Brawl. Yeah, how fucked up is that? Yeah. So what was it all for? Wow. What was it all for? Um, Raven and Randy Savage each had 24-hour reigns with their titles that they respectively won at Spring Stampede as Savage would lose... The whole of the uh, title to Hogan the following night on Nitro. It's actually funny because Savage has dropped the WCW title to Hollywood Hogan twice the night after winning it, April twentieth <laughs> of nineteen ninety eight and July twelfth of nineteen ninety nine. I found that very very interesting. That is very interesting. Be a man, Hulk. And Raven would taking the belt from him. And Raven would ultimately lose the U.S. title to uh, Goldberg the following night on Nitro. Well, actually, I should say he was basically eviscerated by Goldberg the following night on Nitro. Because uh, I, that... I actually went and found that match, and oh boy, it's not pretty for Raven. Um, uh, that makes sense, though, because you don't want DDP dropping the title to Goldberg. No. Right? You want the heel to drop it, so it makes sense for that title change. Yeah. Um, the Savage Hogan one, uh, who 
fuck, WCW would be in WCW. Exactly. And uh, Savage would only have one title reign with the WCW world title where his reign surpassed 30 days. Jesus. Was that, so, the, was that the one after he won that World War Three? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, okay. He only held it for a month until losing it at um, Starcade. Huh. And here's thing. Who does he lose it to again? What's that, sorry? Who does he lose it to again? Was it the Giant? Uh, Ric Flair. 95 would have been Ric Flair. Okay, there we go. And here's five things that happened on April 19th in wrestling history. In 1980, in Greensboro, North Carolina, Ric Flair defeated Jimmy Snuka to win the NWA Mid-Atlantic U.S. title. In 1986, the Road Warriors defeated Magnum T.A. and Ron Garvin to win the Jim Crockett Sr. Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournaments. In 1987, in Muskogee, Oklahoma, Big Bubba Rogers defeated the One Man Gang to win the Universal Wrestling Federation World Heavyweight title. In 2002, in Dayton, Ohio, Colt Cabana defeated CM Punk and Eddie Guerrero in a three-way match to win the IWA Mid-South Heavyweight title. And in 2004, from Monday Night Raw in Calgary, Chris Benoit and Edge defeat Batista and Ric Flair to win the World Tag Team Championships. Same night... The Calgary Flames eliminated the Vancouver Canucks in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs when Martin Jelena scored the overtime winner. And these have been your beneficial facts this week. All right. Our first thing, we got Saturn facing Goldberg. Goldberg wins by pinball at 8 minutes and 10 seconds. He was 73-0 going in, and now he's 74-0. So now we this is the first mention of his actual record. So we'll actually get to uh, see how they, they screw up the numbers here in the next month. Ben, what were your thoughts? So how many goddamn matches has he had since Super Brawl? Don't know. They never told us the numbers. Jesus. Yeah. Is but this like, one of those things where – the way his streak is going, he's having like five matches a day kind of well, thing. Well, I don't know because he came in in September, right? And now it's this one was in what April? So you got uh, four, seven months. That's 10 matches a month. That's right there with what you should be doing. Yeah, I don't think this is. I don't. Up. Yeah, I don't think this. I don't think this is where they fudge the numbers yet. I think they start fudging the numbers after this. I think they start fudging the numbers here. Um, Well, maybe. Well, we'll find out. What impressed me the most in this is how not only that Goldberg was tossing Saturn around, but Saturn was tossing Goldberg around. Mm -hmm. I mean, there there is um, really nice looking suplexes that uh, Saturn was eliminating. And I mean, if you really think about it, whoever really threw Goldberg around the ring like that? Brock Lesnar. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Brock Lesnar's kind of at a tier of his own though later. like besides him <laughs> like, oh, n- like name name me some he just did Brock Lesnar no but Braun Strowman okay Braun Strowman when has Braun Strowman ever <laughs> tossed Goldberg around like he's a bag uh, of dirty laundry Undertaker okay so my next <laughs> note <laughs> The abdominal well, stretch toss that Goldberg does, that was really, really impressive. The second rope gorilla press was just, like, fucking insane. And um, Saturn does a really nice-looking head scissor takedown, a springboard leg drop, and it appears to also be a Ravens rules match, which I don't think they clarify at the beginning of the match. Um, longest match of Goldberg's career at this point, I think, unless he had a longer one with Mongo, which I don't want to ever think about ever again, but that's the only time that I can really think that he would have a match that long. Um, crowd was going ballistic for Goldberg and uh, I thought it was a solid outing for both. I gave it a C. Uh, Dave. All right. So Goldberg's weaknesses are exposed the most when he's on his defense. I find because he doesn't know how to sell or bump. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of times where he just he just looked terrible. Uh, he hit the ropes, and I'm like, okay. 
So he's a good offense worker, but defense is just – that's where he, I feel, struggles, and it shows. There was a bad slip on a moonsault attempt by Saturn, oh which God. was scary. Yeah. That was scary. Yep. Uh, Goldberg and Saturn, I felt, were pretty much both blown up towards the end because remember last pay-per-view we review with Saturn, he was blown up as well. Yep. So I don't know what's going on with Saturn at this point because he's usually very well conditioned. Now, there was a spot where Saturn was going for a vertical suplex and Goldberg did a whipping snap swinging neckbreaker, which I thought was sick. Um, it, I, I think at first Saturn didn't know what the hell was happening because <laughs> it happened so fast. Like It was just a whipping swing and neckbreaker. I was like, okay. My favorite spot of the match, though, that I gave it a C because of was a transition to the jackhammer. That was cool. Yeah, that was frightening strength that Goldberg was showing there. Yeah, and, and and to be honest with you, I actually think he was legit hurt because if he's looked at his arm, he had a big ass bruise on it from the from the step spot. I never noticed that. I was like, okay, he's legit hurt, and this is why he did the, the epic transition. So it was a you know a great showing for Goldberg thus far, um, a great showing for Saturn considering. The only complaint I had for him was he did seem pretty blown up. But I guess if you're working with Goldberg and getting thrown around too many times, you probably get winded a few times, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so I gave the match a D, which I, I say, which I think I said already. I gave the match a D. Um, especially, I I liked it at the beginning, but then once both guys got blown up, it got really sloppy and really dangerous. Yep. You know, and and it's one thing to be sloppy, but like when it's dangerous, and it, it's just like, um, guys, like, first off, who books who books an eight minute match with these two guys? This should be five minutes, uh, at the most, because after that, they just they get dangerous. Uh, I will say, when Goldberg gorilla press slams Saturn when he was on the rope, like when he's on the second rope, that was crazy. Just, just the crazy amount of strength, and him reversing out of the rings of Saturn into a fireman carry, then to a jackhammer to win the match. Very impressive stuff. Uh, but I still give it a D. I thought it, I thought it was sloppy. Uh, next match, we got Chavo Guerrero facing Ultimo Dragon, and Ultimo Dragon wins by submission at 11 minutes and 49 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? I love the standing figure four that Ultimo Dragon applied to Chavo. But then I loved how Chavo was able to reverse it to a Muda lock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm seeing a, you know, we're used to seeing a striking um, style from Ultimo, but this match, he was pulling out some more technical stuff, and I was really enjoying it. The cha- uh, sorry, the, the height that Chavo got on his somersault plancha was yeah. insane. He almost went, he almost went past him. I thought he was going to miss him. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I was like, holy <laughs> shit, like, like Ultimo looked up and said, I'm not in the right spot. I'm going to have to back up. <laughs> like, that was, that was incredible. Like, the, the, the height, the distance, and it's, it's refreshing and, and exciting to see Chavo now get in the ring and do some work. Mm-hmm. So, I've, I've always enjoyed watching Chavo work. I gave the match a C. Uh, ben? I thought this wasn't going to be anything much, but this, I thought it was a great match. Like the two things that really stood out to me was that back leg sweep that Ultimo does near the beginning of the match and the somersault dive, as uh, Dave mentioned, to the outside by Chavo. Uh, these these two were on par every step of the way, I thought. And uh, Eddie was very entertaining on the outside. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't overbearing. My favorite spot was with him uh, when he looked in – when he looks dejected and looks into the camera and just says – I'm trying, Mom. I'm trying. <laughs> I freaking laughed my ass off when he did that. It's, it's a really I thought Eddie was great in this. I thought um, it's a really interesting story they're doing with the Guerreros at this point. You know, uh, with Eddie trying to cheat or to teach Chavo and Chavo refusing to cheat. Like it's they're doing they're doing a really interesting story. They really are, and I mean, it's about to get even crazier when um, Chavo goes off the goes off the rails. Um, <laughs> love the sequence into the finish with uh, the tornado DDT into the dragon sleeper. I thought that was yep. executed really well. I thought it was an excellent show up by both, and it really exceeded my expectations. I actually gave this a B. I also gave it a B. I nice. good match, good match, entertaining. Um, Chavo is uh, 
you forget how good he was because WWE didn't use him. I took him for that granted role. just how good his work yeah, really was. Yeah, but you look at you look at him with Ultimate Dragon, and like it's it's a lot of fun. And Eddie is just being a ham on the outside, and it was so much fun to watch. I gave it a B. Next match is for the television title, and it is a no time limit. We got Chris Benoit facing Booker T, and Booker T's the champ going in, and Booker T retains the title by pinfall at 14 minutes and 11 seconds. Ben, what are your thoughts? No time limit for these two? Fine by me. Yes. Now the story um, was is because they kept on they kept on going to time limit draws in like the last two or three uh, like either Nitro and Thunder. Yeah. Over the last couple of weeks, so that's why. When you watch these two, just put down the notepad, put down the pen, anything that draws attention away from the match. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll miss the you'll miss an entire masterpiece. You have to watch this from start to finish when these two work together, and these two working together is some of the most underrated matches in, to me, in my opinion, the history of WCW. Mm-hmm. Just the work rate that these two have. I need at least four pages if I were to write down every awesome thing I saw in this match. Like you can't sit down and write them all down as you're watching the match. You just can't do it. And it's very rare to say that, too, especially in WCW matches. Uh, these two are absolutely, like, lights out, A-game performance. And the best thing is, these two make wrestling look like a legitimate sport. Mm-hmm. I gave it an A. Wow. Awesome All right. shit. Dave. I love the intensity of Benoit's cells and his bumps. He made everything look traumatic. Mm-hmm. Like, it hurt. It, it, it felt like I was watching a combat sport, which is my favorite yes. style to watch when it's, in the, when it's done properly. And these two executed very, very well. I gave the match an A as well. Nice. I also gave Booker T my performer of the night because I yeah. feel ever since his singles run, he's been delivering every single pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave the match a B. Good stuff for these guys. Uh, the real... I couldn't take that goddamn ref bump though. That that, that, <laughs> that, that ref bump oh, the finish was just brutal in execution. I just put it to the side. I didn't and, I didn't really care. Usually it would bug fair, me, but I didn't but care. But my god, that bugged me. I was like, seriously? Like that's what what like you guys, come on. But good stuff from these guys. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna get the shit that should bug you, trust me. <laughs> oh man uh so as benoit tries to pick up the ref after said bump uh booker hits a harlem sidekick to win uh good stuff man and these guys gave their all you could tell they were fucking exhausted after this one uh so you gotta appreciate that next match we got british bulldog facing kurt henning oh, and rick rude and jim neidhart are handcuffed oh. together oh more handcuffs yes dave what were your thoughts not much. Um, <laughs> like, straight up, this is probably the least amount of notes I've ever had in our podcast history. Sorry, I didn't really have a reaction to this match. To be honest, all focus was on Anvil and Rude, and I gave it a D. Ben? Well, I see your D, Dave, <laughs> and I raise you an F, because that's what I gave this. Ooh. Bulldog worked on Henning's leg. That's about it. Yep. <laughs> um, more handcuffs. Yeah, this isn't working, guys. Might want to pitch the handcuffs. That was my only other no. Oh, wait, sorry. NWO beatdown. Don't overwork yourselves writing out the show here. And skip this for your own good. Those are my notes. F. F. I gave the match a D. Uh, just I, useless. Useless match. Um, the whole thing, like, like Dave said... The, all the focus was on Rick Rude and Jim Neidhart and Jim Neidhart beat oh, like gosh. having, having Virgil, I'm sorry, Vincent come down and dress as a cop. I Officer like, Virgil. I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck are we doing here? Uh, and how, you know, and, and the announcers are trying to put it over. Like, why is he attacking the cop? I'm like, are you ser- like, we're seriously doing this? Like, <laughs> Jim's the face. He wouldn't be attacking a cop unless it was fucking the uh, NWO guy. What are we? Why doing does he need here? to dress up as a cop in the first place? Like why? Yeah, that, that was weird. 
Also, to sneak attack is, Jim Neidhart from behind in NWO fashion. I mean, I would have understood that. Why isn't Jim wearing a shirt? Uh, Rick Rude's in a nice suit, and Jim's like, I'm going topless. And I'm like, why? Just, just why? Uh, the finish was Henning throws Bulldog onto the top, like, onto the post. I, I don't, can't even describe it. It was so fucked up. <laughs> um, like, where the turnbuckle is, there's the post behind it. He threw him into that post and then pinned him. And that's your win. And I'm just like, huh? Okay. Sure. D. Meh. <laughs> Next match for the Cruiserweight title. We got Prince Iakea facing Chris Jericho. Jericho's the champ going in, and he retains by submission at 9 minutes and 55 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? A very enjoyable match for sure. Probably the best outing I've seen from Prince Iakea at this point. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Um, love, love Jericho's hot dogging. Um, (laughs) great mat wrestling and good chemistry between these two as well. Exceed my expectations. Um, it it wasn't boring. It had some good close call pinfall attempts and submission holds near the end. A great sequence into the lion tamer. And, uh, I I really like this. Like if if you, uh, if you watch this show, it's worth watching. I actually gave this a B. All right. Wow. Dave. Okay, so the first thing I noticed was these two had better chemistry than Ikea and Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I noticed. Um, I, I, I don't know why that is, but it just it was a case that I figured that was very noticeable from the get-go. They were hitting a lot of good spots, a lot of good transitions. It felt like I was watching an actual match that mattered. However, the one thing that I will always say about Prince Ikea, because I don't know if he actually gets better just if we see him further on, is he has no emotion. No, with no. his cells or nothing, he's the Keanu Reeves of, of pro wrestling. I call him because it's just like no matter what bump he takes or what hold he's in, it's the same face. Mm-hmm. So, if that's the you know, and that's a huge thing with wrestling because it's, it has you believe in like, is this guy not feel pain? Is it hurting? Is it real? Like, what's going on here? So, that was kind of annoying. However, comparing his last few matches that we did review, I gave it a C because it was progressively better. I also gave the match a C. Um, it was a little, it was a little choppy at the beginning, and I think it was because both guys, like the crowd, wasn't into this at all at the beginning. They were kind of just dead. But I give, I give these guys mega pops or props for working their butts off to get the crowd into it, uh, which is something that 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 is really tough to do. But these guys, by the end of the match, the crowd was popping for the near yep. falls. And uh, props to those guys, man. Good work. Uh, Jericho reversed a top rope sunset flip and then put it on the lion tamer to win, which was that was pretty good. Can can we mention it was a corkscrew sunset flip? We can mention that. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty. Very nicely done. Next match, not so nicely done. Scott Steiner and Bob Bagwell <laughs> oh, facing Lex Luger and Rick Steiner, and Luger and Steiner get the win by submission. At five minutes and 58 seconds, Dave, what were your thoughts? I will say I appreciate uh, Rick Steiner returning to the match after he couldn't catch Scott. Mm-hmm. That's I, I honestly thought when he was chasing Scott that that would be the last we see of them. Yeah. But he came back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a good tag team partner. That's a good face partner. I think the most enjoyable part of this match was the story to prepare you for Steiner versus Steiner. Yes. That was that was the whole point of this match. To be honest, I gave it a uh, I gave it a D though. The only, the only good note I had from the whole match was I really liked the hot tag that Luger had because the fans responded very well to it. Uh, beyond that though, uh, I didn't really enjoy it. It's so funny because we shit on Luger. Like right? obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and and you're looking back and you're not in the moment, but. Luger was fucking over at this time. Like, he was not a good wrestler by, by like, a traditional means. But, man, the crowd loved the guy. And you, you can't fault him for that, man. Holy shit. Ben, what were your thoughts? You can fault the fans. Uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Ben, where'd you go? Oh, we got, to, we got some dry air. We got some dead air there. <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. 
But we are talking about uh, Luger match. But um, yeah, did you fall asleep? Uh, no. Uh, you know what? Like, uh, <laughs> I know I'm one of the, the well, I am the biggest offender for being just really, really hard on Luger matches. But he actually didn't bug me in this at all. I thought he was actually pretty good in this. Um, mm-hmm. The doctor bullshit at the beginning was an attempt at comedy slash getting heat, but it fuck that annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, especially the yeah. doctor who was just like, like I think they yeah, told him. I, it seriously looked <laughs> like they told him what they were gonna do like five minutes before they went out there. Oh yeah, and that's right up WCW's alley. Like they're like, there's no communication between between creative to the agents, to the wrestlers, to what's going There's no communication. So they're just like, I don't know, just do this. Oh, okay, great. Sounds and I, I've, got to, I've got to disagree with you guys on the whole Steiner thing too. Like Scott Steiner, again, isn't having any favors done for, uh, for his character in this. He kind of looked weak again by running. I, I know he's a heel and everything like that, and he's the one who turned on Rick, and he's Rick's on his tail for you know betraying him and all that kind of shit, but... Scott, Scott Steiner's not looking good right now. This is mm-hmm. the way they're just making his character go. And why does Luger need the win here? Like, why? What? What does this do for him? Like, why? Why not like, give why? Rick Steiner the I, win exactly. here? And give him a little more shine and give him a little exactly. more momentum as this rivalry progresses. Like, neither of them had any favors done for them here. Yeah. To me, for me, um, I mean, there's a showdown between the Steiners brewing, but. It it's not it's not off to a great start. To me, this isn't worth watching, and I actually gave the match a D as well. I, I also gave the match a D. I don't know. It was to me, it was like the whole thing with Scott Steiner avoiding Rick. That, that's what they were trying to build towards. But then Scott got in the ring with Rick like right away, and I was like, Yeah, we're not building to like a big like Scott Steiner's caught in the ring with Rick Steiner, and then Rick has the blows the big comeback and gets the win. No, 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 we're not doing that. We're doing goofy shit. Like, oh, my God. Uh, so Scott runs away from Rick, and then Rick comes back and pushes Buff off the top, and Luger then racks Buff to win. Sure, whatever. Uh, this could have been done on a fucking Nitro, and that's kind of yep. how I felt. Uh, next match, which the announcers made sure to tell us it was an add-on match. <laughs> Such disrespect, eh? Like, what the, <laughs> why would you tell us that? Like, this match wasn't advertised, <laughs> we just added it. Okay, so that means you guys don't know how to do your time cues? That's what that's telling me. <laughs> La Parca facing Psychosis, and La Parca wins by pinfall at 6 minutes and 59 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Well, interesting about what the last match on uh, Nitro, my first, uh, no, nah, can't even say, N-words, <laughs> can't yeah. say, yeah. can't this, be, not, can't this we, be done we, on Nitro? <laughs> that's my oh, first note. That's true. I was going to say, we told you not to do speed before the podcast. Yeah, well. We, we did tell you this. <laughs> Okay. Um, there was some cool looking spots in this for sure. The suicide dive by Psychosis looked really dangerous, however. Oh my god, he was trying to kill himself. Um, again, I, you know, Psychosis actually should have been the character suicide in TNA. Um, <laughs> I did like Laparca's split leg and moonsault, that looked really cool. I don't know what it is with Laparca, he entertains me. Um, every every time he's on a card, this is what Ben says. <laughs> I, I, I don't like know what shit. it is about La Parca, but I like him. I like, like his every shit. Single yeah, time. he's entertaining. It's okay. You don't have to justify your feelings. <laughs> it's I, okay. just, I like his every, shit. Um, every time. I will say I did giggle when he told Psychosis to move so he could do a strut. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. that, that, uh, that was good. And that strut is 20 million times better than Double J strut. Um, Psychosis executes some really nice looking Huracaranas. Um, Laparca's really? Oh, Laparca. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you talking about the one he spiked himself on? Like, that wasn't well executed. Well, was, well there's a few of them that they did. But no, okay. that's, that's there's a few of them that they did, but the, the one that he spiked himself, <laughs> no, not so much. I'll put that kind of okay, on the bottom of the tier on the, the list there. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> To be fair, though, Ben did say that he should have been the suicide character in TNA, so spiking himself could probably be proper execution. Psychosis <laughs> spikes himself every second movie does. Um, La Parca showboating equals 
no reaction, which really disappointed mm-hmm. me. Um, I got a reaction from you. Uh, the whole the whole match had little to zero interest from the fans. But then again, when you just have an add-on match, you don't have time to build up for it. You know, maybe the little uh, the little Laparkas watching their hero at home could have come out and seen him had they known he was going to be on the card. I'm reaching. I'm really reaching here. You really uh, are. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't a bad match, but uh, a bad time to have this because I think we've seen this on Nitro at least twenty times by this point. Yeah, I don't know if this should be doing on pay per view. It kind of it kind of hurt them just in the position they were put in. I still gave it a C though. Dave. All right, I gave the match a D, and I'm going to explain why. Like we do every other match. I don't know why that felt special. (laughs) (laughs) That felt like a very special, like a very special intro. I gave it a D. I'm going to explain why. And I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) Isn't that what you do every time? Yes, but I'm not traditional. I'm not traditional. I'm unpredictable. Okay, so the only issue I have with Lucha Libre style is the stop and wait for spots. Oh my God! Yes, the match had a whole bunch of that. Whole bunch of it, and I'm just like, I can't take it seriously now. Because you're stopping, you're going, you're stopping, you're going. You're, you're spi- you know, you're spiking yourself on her and Karana's. Um, you're almost beheading yourself off a corkscrew senton to the outside from the top rope, where he hits his shoulder yeah, on the apron. That was dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he being psychosis, sorry. I'm like talking like you guys are know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we do. Uh, we do. All- we do because we watched it, but. Our our listeners to all five of them. You you totally, you totally sounded like those uh, funny Nemo seagulls. Mine, 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 we, mine. We, we we do. Mine, mine, we do, we do, we do. But I love redundancy. I give the match a D. <laughs> uh, I also give a match the match a D. Uh, they were sloppy. The finish drove me fucking batty because psychosis is in the ropes. <laughs> or sorry, Laparka is in the ropes and he's hanging on, waiting for Psychosis <laughs> to get to the top to do a guillotine leg drop. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like holding, and it's for an awful long time, like oh a lot longer God, than should have been. Hilarious. And like the the leg drop was nice and everything, but I just I can't stand when wrestling is choreographed. Uh, so choreographed that you're waiting for the next spot. And, and you know, just like at WrestleMania 14 with them climbing the ladder at the dumpster match. <laughs> like, I hated that because I'm like, it makes no fucking sense to what you guys are doing. If, if it fits within the story of the match, yes. But when, when you're holding onto the ropes and waiting for Psychosis to climb the turnbuckle to hit you with the guillotine leg drop, it's just like, what are we doing here, guys? Well, and not to, only, you know, not, not, not to also forget that when he hit the leg drop and went for the pinfall, why didn't Le Parker get a rope break? He yeah, was, like, literally right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <sighs> re- it's called ref's discretion. I think that's, that's the that's way right. we, we call it, yes. All right. Next match is a bat on a pole oh, match. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Jesse, you were not wrong. This match pissed me off. We got Kevin Nash <laughs> and Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. Yep. Facing Roddy Piper and the Giant. Yeah. In a bat on a pole for, match. For Sting's bat. Hogan and Nash win by pinfall at 13 minutes and 23 seconds. My God. Dave, tell me, tell me how you feel. I am miserable. (laughs) This match brought me down so hard. Okay, so the one thing that made me laugh, though, was Nash was on the apron. Piper just got a comeback on Hogan. He walked over to Nash, punches Nash in the jaw, turns the walk back to Hogan, but then turns around and pokes Nash in the eye. (laughs) I thought that that was hilarious. That cracked me up. I'm like, okay, that's, that's the Piper I love. Like, he knocks this guy in the jaw, walks away, comes back and pokes him in the eye as he's selling. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And then it gets worse. Okay, uh, we see uh, the giant spanking Hogan. Oh, we my see God. That. Why? Um, I'm all for goofy stuff. <laughs> I, like, I gave Dusty Rhodes my performer of the night, the last WCW <laughs> pay-per-view, because he was slinking like the Grinch into the ring. <laughs> and, and 
and you guys were like, oh, okay, Jesse, you're kind of you're, you're taking the piss here a little bit. <laughs> you did speed last week. Yeah, and it's just like, eh. <laughs> and, but then with Hogan being spanked, I'm like, okay, like this is too much for me. Like I'm like, what are we doing here? What the it fuck was, are we doing? It was part of the Giants' comeback too. Right. What? <laughs> he needs to do that. He comes in the ring now. Oh, he comes in the ring and immediately attacks Hogan, and then he puts him over his lap. I'm like, no, he's not. Oh, he is. Yeah. And, and then Hogan goes out, rubbing his ass against the apron. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what is going? I'm like, what is happening? Uh, and then I'm like, the, this match would have made more sense if it was tornado tag rules, because the Thank constant you. constant tagging in and out. I'm just like, what's the point of this? Oh, I, I, I was saying thank you because I thought you were going to mention that. What was stopping Kevin Nash from just, like, walking down? I, I, I was going to say that, but you interrupted me. And then, like, reaching up. Or the Giants. <laughs> and I'm just like, like, what the fuck is the point of a tag match? This is the dumbest thing ever. And I, I understand why they put the bat so high up because of all the big guys, but poor Piper. Like, <laughs> Piper's like, and I like how Piper at the end is like, Giant, get me up there. I'm like, why wouldn't you just send Giant up to get it? Why does he have to, like, push you up? Like, what are we doing here? But the biggest thing that drove me mental is the fact that I'm like, the reason I don't like these matches with faces is because the face should not have to use the weapon to win. They should be able to hit the sleeper or hit the choke slam and get the face win. And the heels should be the ones that rely on the weapon because they're heels and they're cowards. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, so I'm like, is there a reason why you have to get the, the bat? Because they don't say you can't go for a pinfall until you get the bat. They say you're legally allowed to use the bat if you get it. So, so I was like, why would the faces just go for the win? Mm-hmm. Like, why are they going for the bat? Like, there was an opportunity where Piper could have put the sleeper hold on Hogan and get a tap out, but he left Hogan to go get the bat. I'm like, why? Get yeah. the win. Yeah. You're the face. Get the win. Let the heels be the cowards. And then we have all this bullshit with the NWO, with the disciple coming out, and then having two bats. Oh. I'm like, really? I was like, this, I'm, I am, like, I know I've said this in the past, but I'm going to say it again. I am sick of the NWO. And I forgot to mention in the, in the Raven match that they're doing NWO 2.0 with the Ravens flock interference all the damn time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's making me really sick and tired of the Ravens flock already. But I'm just like, can we stop this NWO like months ago, please? Like, this is no, just. No, you get, you uh, get about two more years worth of it. So, uh, so I, after all those positive notes. Yeah. So I gave the match a D. Okay. Ben. Okay. The show gets an F for no voodoo child. It, they mention it. Okay. Kane, wait. Did you did you guys watch the entrances though? Yes. Yes. Okay. So when they 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 zoom in on Hogan when he's coming in and, and then you hear the audio of him talking. You could hear Voodoo yep. Child in the background, and then they took it away from me. And I was like, "You suck! This is so much worse now." Well, and they, they even mentioned it. Like uh, they said that Hall has NWO music, and then Hogan has Voodoo Child. Yeah, I'm like, "Well, fuck you." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like get off your wallet, Vince. I want, I want Voodoo Child. God damn it! Okay, so I'm gonna just start. I'm just gonna start playing it. Like every Hogan match, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, Google Play Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. And just mute my TV <laughs> be like, yeah, this is better. <laughs> okay, so I, I took, my, took my drink of water here. Here it fucking goes. Okay, it's bad enough watching what? Hogan and Piper when they're in the ring. It's ten times worse watching them on the top rope. Um, <laughs> I, I did love when Piper was tearing out Hogan's hair and then the headbutt spot where Piper pre- like kind of fucks his own head up at the same time yeah, and the way like, he sold he like it was just awesome like oh shit okay so I- i'm skipping all that other shit that you guys mentioned you guys are totally right but okay so just to clarify when piper gets the bat okay follow me along here so piper gets the bat hogan gets the bat from piper hogan throws the bat away waits for the mm-hmm. disciple to bring him a different bat from the back Disciple takes the bat. He brought Hogan, only to give Hogan the bat that Hogan threw away when Piper fucking threw it down. <laughs> what the and fuck why, is that? Why all the secrecy? It's a no DQ match. Disciple could have just walked in and walloped him. Why the secrecy? 
Fuck this. Okay, uh, another F. It got a fucking F for this bullshit. Uh, one thing though, one thing. So, <laughs> so the rule is you can't use the bat until you get it correct. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah, sorry, so... Dave. Just sorry to cut you off. Just one more thing I have to mention. Yeah. So, why didn't Disciple just come out, walk around the ring, get the bat that Hogan and Piper dropped, walk back around to Hogan's corner, and go here, you go, dude. Because I don't think Disciple was hired. I don't think Disciple was hired. Oh, brains. fucking god! This is this is this is why everything going. I'm watching everything progress, and I'm just going, Kate. No, just no, go, Kate, no, don't, Kate. Just okay, just stop, just stop, just stop it. <laughs> I'm literally sitting there, like doing this as this is all happening. I'm like, stop it, just stop. <laughs> why? Why are you doing this? So, like, right from the get-go, those of you shot themselves in the foot because they said it's a no-DQ match, correct? Yes. So, if Hogan were to grab the bat and use it, why is that a bad thing? Exactly. I need another drink. You can't, just, you know, he can't, get, dis- he can't get disqualified for it. So, when Hogan grabbed the bat and threw it away, and I'm like, why did you ask for this match anyway if you're not going to use the actual bat? And I was like, well, maybe he's going to get disqualified. No, it's a no-DQ match. So, I was like, did he sit you? This was a stupid decision from the get-go. Yeah. And the fact that no one caught it and no one used simple common sense to be like, listen, there's so much questions here that the fans will have in 20-plus years, specifically Dave, Jesse, and Ben. <laughs> so let's book this match to avoid them from annihilating us because this is the best way to show four of our biggest stars to be idiots because it's like we see giant spanking Hogan – and I'm like, why would a Piper want to go for the damn bat? Like, nothing made sense. Absolutely nothing. And we didn't. And we got teased with Voodoo Child, Jesse. And we and I got teased. Yep. Uh, also, Hogan bumped Ugh. from an eye poke. He did. And I said, "What the fuck was that? Why are you bumping an eye poke? What are we? Oh my good god!" But I will say, a, a drop kick from the giant will always be impressive. Not as much as a spanking. Yeah, it's slightly more impressive than a spanking. Just slightly. <laughs> a drop kick into a spanking. Uh, so Hogan, the finish, I gave the match a D, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Hogan accidentally hits Nash with the bat. Then Disciple comes down, he stops Piper from hitting Hogan with a bat, and then gives Hogan the bat, and then Hogan hits Piper with it to win. Then after the Jesus match, Jesus. okay, are we following here? Okay, then after the match, Hogan tells Nash to powerbomb Piper, but then, or Piper or the Giant? I can't remember who. Giant. Uh, it was Giant. Yeah. And then Hogan then wallops Nash with the bat. And this is the first time in about a year of NWO where I was like, huh, that's interesting. Like, they're, it's, it's way too late. Like, they should have been doing this, like, months ago. But... At least, like, at least we're going somewhere with this. That there, there's fractures. So I was just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So I will say that I, my interest was peaked, but basically, I gave my tool tonight to WCW Creative again because well, fuck, you can give it to them every of these shows. I know, but it has to be really egregious. And this one was was really bad. Like, like Dave said, like you put four of your bigger stars in a match. And the whole concept made all your stars look dumb. Like, the whole concept. And it's just like, okay, you know. And, yeah, we could, we could blame, like, Hogan for, like, hey, that doesn't work for me, brother. That kind of shit. But I never said that. At some point. But, no, like, <laughs> at some point, you know, they're just listening to what they're saying. And they're, like, <laughs> they're just like, fuck, this is dumb. Like, you know, Kevin. Ben has- knows. You know, ben knows he talks so much shit about Hogan now yeah. that he just yeah, automatically like, gets defense. Yeah, he's like, I didn't say I that. Say that. No, I didn't say I didn't that. Would <laughs> um, you make a sound like at the end of the show with me going, I never said that? Uh, like, in, you know, Kevin Nash was sitting there. He was probably sitting, like, going out to the match and, like, this is fucking dumb, but you're paying me. Let's do it. Yep. You know, that's, that's exactly that's what That's probably doing. what it was. Yeah, and. And so, like, I gave my tool to WCW Creative because I was just like, holy fuck, this is bad. Next match is for the U.S. title under Raven's oh, Rules. Thank you got God. Diamond Dallas Page 
facing Raven and DDP's the champ going in, even though he doesn't have the belt because Raven stole it from him. Raven <laughs> wins the title by pinfall at 11 minutes and 52 seconds. Ben, what were your or thoughts? Or keeps the title at that time. Yeah, either one. Yes. Um, yes. Great intensity. If you like hardcore matches, you'll like this. This mm-hmm. is actually one of the better hardcore matches you'll probably ever see. Um, enjoyed the jumping into the bales of hay spots. That was fun. Um, yeah. Just because it's Raven, like, that shit works. Because Raven's just batshit crazy. Um, love the spots with DDP smashing the flock with the stop sign. I don't know what it is with that <laughs> damn stop sign. I love it. It almost got my performer of the night. Um, the stop sign. <laughs> also, the diamond cutter to Kidman. That was yes, so right? awesome. That was cool. And the crowd oh just like, came all over themselves when he did it, too. Um, Reese is bloody huge. Like, Yeti huge. A... Yes. Um, yes. The toehold Raven sells when he hits the sink. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying not to laugh when I'm saying these sentences. But when he hits the kitchen sink, yes, there was a kitchen sink in the match. That was great the way he sold it. Uh, loved Raven just crashing through all the guardrails and just flopping around, flailing around, just looked like he was going through a, a train wreck every spot he was doing. Phenomenal stuff. Very entertaining, good match, and good finish, too. It actually caught me a little by surprise. I gave the match a B. Dave. Okay, so like, 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 I, I totally forgot we were doing this match. I thought we already did it for some reason. That's my bad. But the first note I have is that they're using the same formula for Raven's Flock as they're doing with NWO, which is making it tiresome already for me. Like, for example, so Sick Boy gets involved in the match at the beginning with, when they're in the ring. And so does Kidman. Mm-hmm. However, when they're going around the arena, there's literally no Raven's Flock involved. And I'm like, that may, that would be the most sensical space to jump yeah, DDP. Would be, actually, yeah, you're right. Is is the arena, you know, ringside area, not yeah, in the you're ring. Right. You're right about that. So I was yeah. like, I'm like, guys, you gotta plan your flocking better. <laughs> you gotta do your shit way like, flocking better. <laughs> like, like, come on, man. Like, you have DDP away from the ring in the wide open spaces of of the uh, entrance area, and you're not helping your boy getting thrown around like a rag doll. That that just I was like, where the hell is this team? At this point, fire them all if if you you know pays them or whatever. Just get rid of them. Uh, booking the flock to get their asses beat is not really a good favor for them. I but, can't take them seriously. On on the flip side of that though, does that not make like DDP more of a star? Yeah. Kind of going at the expense of five. I yeah, and I, I get that, but I think DDP. So how strong is DDP? <laughs> All I'm saying is I thought of it from a, from the other side. I was like, him kicking the shit out of the flock made DDP look like a bigger star at the end of this. DDP got my performer of the night because I thought he looked so Why? <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> um, I, I actually enjoyed the match, so I gave it a C. I just had some confusion where I was like, these guys had to have like a Ravens meeting and be like, okay, guys, when he's in the ring – Let's wait till he's most vulnerable. Like when you know we're around the wrench entrance area and we have all that wide open space, and we can just beat the heck of him with chairs. Now the stop sign. The reason why I love the stop sign is because WCW NWO Revenge the video yeah. game. That was my favorite. That was my favorite yeah, weapon. Yes. So it, it, brings, and, it brings nostalgia back for you. You're like yes. <laughs> when I see that stop sign, I'm like, oh my god! All those times I made Hogan bleed when with the stop sign. A, we got our what? set set up. Why was Hogan? <laughs> Because I hated Hogan at this point. I hated Why? him. Why? Because I loved to eat your vitamins and drink your milk, Hogan, okay? So oh when Hogan turncoated, I was like, I was, I think, your 10. Guys is hatred I was for, emotional. I was guys, emotional. Your guy's hatred for my guy is borderline psychotic, okay? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Can, like, I, can I just uh, make a uh, suggestion? When we get our studio set up, we actually go get a stop sign. We actually have it inside the studio. <laughs> and get Raven to sign it. Hey! Oh my God! But I gave um, it a C. I gave the match a B. I was very entertained uh, throughout this whole thing. I thought DDP take it on the whole flock. Uh, you like Hogan, so that makes sense. Well, I gave Hogan. it. A B. <laughs> Hogan got my tool of the night. Listen, listen. My my guy is 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 a is a racist. No, he, he sucked tonight, Vince, Jesse. Warrior. He sucked at this event. He, 
you know, and he also didn't it's sleep. It's 2021. With... Sexuality doesn't matter. Okay. And then he also didn't sleep with an underage Steph there, Savage. That's never been proven. Okay. Yeah, that's the Vince thing either. Yeah, okay. Can I just uh, suggest <laughs> just one thing with uh, Dave uh, saying that the, uh, <laughs> the flock is like NWO 2.0? The only thing I'll defend the flock with with this, yes, it's overbearing and it's getting annoying at this point. I'll agree with you on that. But with the Ravens rules concept where anything goes, I at least understand them doing this type of shit in those matches with them interfering all the time. That I at least understand, and that at least has some lick of sense to it. Whereas the NWO is yep. just like, you know, free for all with no sense of direction whatsoever, like dressing up as cops, all that bullshit. So, you know what? It would so why is funny it? if the flock actually dressed up as cops and interfered in this match, like doing it that way. That's the only thing I'll give the flock kind of a little bit of a pass with, but I agree with you on the other things that you did mention. It's, it still makes no sense, though. Like, why does Raven have so much power to make his own rules for his own matches? And oh, I, didn't, does oh, it? I never said that uh, the way they execute it wasn't stupid. It's just <laughs> no rules. I just <laughs> understand the flock doing that kind of shit, though. But they just weren't doing you know, it what very we intelligently. Need is, we need flock versus NWO is what we need. Flock and NWO, I think, I think the I think the big difference between the two groups <laughs> is that the flock is like a typical heel group where they get they get beat up by sure. their faces. I think where where the NWO where where especially I think with Dave's frustration with all the run-ins is that they never got their comeuppance. They always won yep. all the fucking time, and it gets until redundant. WrestleMania. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and it gets it gets redundant, yep. right? So I get that, uh, but. The finish was uh, Raven hit an even flow DDT onto the kitchen sink <laughs> on DDP. <laughs> Never thought I'd say those words. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Never thought I'd say those words. Uh, but I gave it a B. I, I had fun with it. Next match, which is the main event. Oh, God. No daddy? What the hell, guys? Oh, sorry. <laughs> now it just seems forced. I can't now, say it. Now it's forced. Uh, yeah. It's for the WCW title. No disqualification. We got Another Macho one. Man Randy Savage facing Sting. Sting is the champ going in, and Savage wins the title by pinfall Ooh, at yeah. 10 minutes and 8 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? So we just watched Uncensored last, yes. correct? For WCW? Yes. yes. And the original Uncensored was like an Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Yes, and, and they're doing all the Extreme uh, Rules shit on this but, one instead of Uncensored. <laughs> Brain has more no-DQ yep. matches yep. than yep. Uncensored. What the hell? <laughs> but, but, they didn't force the issue with Uncensored to have no-DQ matches. You know, like, sometimes, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, like sometimes. Yeah. I do, because I the last but, pay-per-view like, that we watched... Like the, the the first uncensored, every chance Heenan got to say it's no rules, it's uncensored. <laughs> yeah, and it gets and it and it, beca- it becomes redundant. <laughs> At least this way, like the no DQ fits the narrative of what the match is. So, yeah, NWO. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it fits baby. NWO. Yep. Um, one, you know, and leading into that, uh, it was good back and forth for how long it did last until once again NWO got involved. Hence the no DQ rule again. <sighs> I, I I did enjoy though. I, I did enjoy the work that Savage and Sting did, so I gave it a C. Ben, my first note is Macho's the champ for one day. Um, <laughs> celebrate, celebrate hey, for that twenty-four hours hard. Um, overall, it was okay, but it not the greatest. Um, I it was overkill with the no DQ thing because I mean you just had the Ravens rules match and then you have the no DQ. Back to back, I, it went overkill with me, and I didn't actually appreciate the no DQ shit with this match. You, you follow? Well, you follow me on that? Three straight. Yeah. Yes, because it was three straight matches yeah. in a row. Well, yeah, and, and they should have broke. It's just like, they I, I couldn't it appreciate up. it. I yep. couldn't actually sick my teeth and yep. do it. Um, yep. Bunch of NWO interference from both guys. Well, not well, not a bunch. Like it's actually tame compared to what it usually is. There's only two guys. But uh, Savage is the champ for one day. Um, I gave <laughs> I gave the match um, a D though, unfortunately. But um, 
Yeah, I just I was just shaking my head at the end. I can see that. Going, you know, all that shit for Sting, all that build up, all for what? You know. But but Savage is the champ yeah. for one day. I gave it a D. I gave the match a C because I like the work between them. The finish was kind of wonky. Like Hollywood Hogan just coming out and pushing Savage off the top rope. I was like, really? Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> and and in my head, I'm like, the ref's knocked out. Why not get in the ring and hit your leg drop? You know Again. what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. do something like that. But instead, you, you push them down and then you run away and you're like, <laughs> better yet, smart. use the bat. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, exactly. You got two of them. Um, I pulled a Ben. I'm actually going to change my tool tonight to Hollywood Hogan because Ben made some good points and uh, I agree with him. Uh, not good stuff. Not on this. Uh, uh, I thought it was interesting that Liz took a bump. Which is the first time I've ever I, seen my, that. My jaw kind of dropped a little bit when that happened. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, like she gets, like, Sting doesn't hit the ref with the Stinger splash. He saw that coming. But he doesn't see, like, Liz, which which I thought fit with what was going on. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Kevin Nash coming down and powerbombing Sting, allowing Savage to win. That also surprised me. Which is really dumb because this happened 22 years ago. How am I surprised by this? <laughs> but we'll pack at the start somehow. That's right. And and at this time, I've told I've I've told you guys this many times. I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling at this time. Like my parents thought wrestling was like the devil at this time. So all of this that we're watching is actually brand new to me. I'm sorry. So so like I'm half enjoying it and and half like oh my god what the fuck. But seeing the wolf pack start forming is kind of interesting. Um, so that was, that was kind of neat. Uh, I gave it a C. Okay, match. And it, it's always neat to see Savage get the title because even though he holds it for only 24 hours, he still deserves the accolades that he gets with, the, with it, right? So Savage had the same length of reign as Zack Ryder did with his IC championship. That's right. That's right. And only one of them had a YouTube show, so. Yep. What do you think about that? Yeah, but did All Zach right, did Zach Ryder come your... up with a album? No. <laughs> <laughs> be a man, <laughs> Don't be scared. Uh, scared. Uh, okay, Ben, uh, give us your awards and your score. My score was five out of ten. My performers were Chris Benoit and Booker T, and my tools of the night were Hogan and the Disciple. Okay, Dave. Oh, geez. Just is going to be mad at me. Uh, my overall score, 4.5 out of 10. Workhorse, Booker T, Tool, Hollywood, Hulk Hogan. But then I realized you switched your, your, your pick as well, I, so you'll probably be mad at me. Because, because like, you guys made I, – I had put just WCW creative because I was just mad at that battle. Hogan was WCW creative. Well, Whoa, so was Kevin yeah. Nash. So was Piper. So Not was Giant. Much. So was Savage. Get off your Not first as much. Buddy. Everybody was fucking cre- like. Don't give me that shit. Where don't wasn't? Give me that. Who wasn't? No one. I didn't say anything. Yeah, you shut your mouth. <laughs> My score was four and a half out of ten. Performer, I gave Diamond Dallas Page. Tool you would with the Hollywood Hogan. Well, DDP was DDP uh, was deserving of it. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Says the I love my emotional you, triggers. You have against DDP all of a sudden. <laughs> Jesus, you're like saying, "Oh, I hate you the block. I hate the block." Oh, you would give DDP the like. Where are you going with this? We're at episode. This is why I said it. We're at episode 160. We might not make it to 200. This keeps up. Holy shit! Uh, that has been our episode this week. Next week, we are going to be reviewing WWF Unforgiven in Your House 1998 with the main event of Dude Love. Facing Stone Cold Steve Austin no. for the WWF title. Did you say what? What the hell was that? I fucking hate that love song. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I hope? I hope they play that song through the whole match, like like New Jack. Just for like you. New Jack? Yeah, just just for you. Just for Dude, you. Just thought, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I gave the match an F because they're playing the song. I didn't care. Oh, In the man. ghetto. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys got any last words to say? Um, have a good night. <laughs>
Go listen to Voodoo ben... Child. <laughs> yes. You know, just go listen to Jimi Hendrix, man. The guy's a god. Just saying. Just saying. He's the one that came up with the Wawa pedal. He's the one that invented it. So. Wawa. Yep, exactly. Have a good one, everybody.